broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome back to another week of The Hunting Show. I'm your host, Stephen Spargo, and we have to talk about the following topic. Sadly and tragically, uh, the first hunter of this raw or this season was shot in Stewart Island recently. And I got an awful lot of feedback from you guys. And that's great. We love getting feedback and it's sad that it's on such a terrible, terrible topic. David wrote, if you shoot someone by negligence, it's manslaughter. Ten years minimum. And then maybe hunters will use common sense and double check their target before pulling the trigger. Too much of this is happening in New Zealand. Kessler wrote, It's a sad day. The guy now has to live with what he's done for the rest of his life. Let's hope it's not one step closer to changing the gun laws. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Do you want it to not change? Or is it that the penalties aren't high enough? I'm not sure what you meant there, Kessler, but I do get where you're coming from. Mary wrote from a a wife's point of view, Oh no, this is a sad, sad start to the year. I worry every year this time that some stupid bastard will think my husband's a deer. Two people come in on him. Two people have come in on him already this raw. That's a little bit worrying there, Mary. I just wanted to give you some of the, the thoughts. Everyone, I think, agrees it's a sad, sad start to the raw. All of you think that people need to identify their target. And I'm not going to wade in on my thoughts on this. I just wanted to let you know that, um, that, that this is sad and we do feel for the families of the men involved in this tragic, tragic shooting. On last week's show with Mike Felton from Felton Reloading, <clears throat> sorry, got plenty of emails back from you guys. Uh, about the show saying that it's great to hear about duck shooting and I'm sorry I didn't cover it very well last year those of you who listen week on and week out Mike some some of the people I didn't realize Mike was so intelligent and that was coming from his mates <laughs> um, but all in all you guys enjoyed the show and I want to do more shows like that I want to do more shows out in the field we went to Mike's Mai Mai um, some of you enjoyed having the dogs running around in the background others thought it was distracting personally I think it means uh, it, well, not means, but adds a lot of realism to the show, and I do intend to do more of that kind of thing in the future. And one of those places I'd really like to visit and do a show is Stag Point. So joined by telephone, I have Craig Scoble, one of the founders of Stag Point. How are you, Craig? Good, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, myself, well, um, I've sort of got a bit of a modest background. I was uh, raised here in Wellington. Um, my hunting background was mostly from my father, whose uh, livelihood was hunting. Um, so obviously, he he was the master in the art and taught me what I needed to know at a young age, um, and sort of grow up on it. So you know, when you when you grow up on something like that, it's sort of part of you. It's instinctual, and yeah, and sort of. Um, always been part of my life so that's how I got to where I am today really. And Stag, how did Stag Point come about? Uh, well actually I was, uh, <laughs> I'd met my wife and um, we were looking around, we we're both quite ambitious. Uh, we saw the property, it was already a consented hunting block you see so um, at the time we couldn't afford it um, but we were 
pretty keen. Know the feeling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it was like the big dream. I'd always wanted to live out there as well. Mm. Um, so we bought another property, and then a year later, I'd finished that property and was ready to sell, and then it popped up on the market again. So um, we went for it, and we were the successful bidders. And look, I've never... I've never been in this position. I've I've never gone ahead and bought a property that's going to be used for hunting or or for guided hunting. What, tell us a little bit about that process. Is it you just start right, or yeah. What, yeah? What happens? You know, it's not that easy. No, no. <laughs> um, there's quite there's a fair bit of controversy to be honest. Um, yeah, and when we took over, there was um, there was a few issues that have been raised by neighbours and the public, which is you know it's fair enough. And when you've got a property like that, you have to be open with the public. Um, so I've had various meetings with the neighbours um, and try and sort of silence their concerns, so to speak, and run them through what we do. Um, we've got quite a strict regime. We've had Mountain Safety come out and do, you know, basically the overall safety scheme of the hunting and I do inductions. And, yeah, so, I mean, no, it's not easy. And um, we work with the council on a regular basis. Um, the city planners, uh, we have log books, so that they, they always have a keen eye on what we're up to. And again, yes, safety is the big aspect, so that's sort of key priority for me. I suppose one of the differences between Stag Point and some of the other blocks is, first of all, you are you're consistently doing guided hunts out there, but you're you're not in the middle of nowhere, are you? You're you're out a bit, I suppose, but you're you're not you're not a fly-in only kind of exclusive. Can you tell us a little no. bit where you are? Well, so we're only 25 minutes from Wellington, uh, the CBD. We're in Whiteman's Valley. Um, so, you know, we're not far away um, from our property. It's sort of, it's the whole atmosphere that you get to experience with, with coming to our place because we're not the biggest either. So, um, you know, because it, it, of where we are, it's sort of, it locations everything for us. Um, but the views you get from our property, we see we see out as far as the South Island and Gee. the mountain peak. So, the views are amazing and, um, you know, on our Facebook page, you'd see our photos and stuff like that from the lodge. So, yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's good quality. What are people going to experience at Stag Point that they may not experience maybe on public land or on a normal guided hunt? Uh, so the property itself, I guess, is the deer and, and learning how they interact right in front of your eyes you know for most hunters we've probably done you know we've done years and years and you've got your successful hunts and you're not so successful hunts um i guess a lot of people that come to us want to see deer face to face and learn and a big part of my market is first time hunters um and to kind of just show them because you can be out in the bush for months on end and not see anything so you know, especially this time of the year with the raw, you'll get to see the stags fighting and how territorial they are and how the younger stags react and still try and swoop in and get a hind and and then the hinds themselves. So, um, yeah, it's kind of the whole cycle of deer you mm. sort of get unfold. Because that can be quite demoralising for a first-time hunter or even, even a hunter that comes here we see a lot of overseas hunters, I suppose, is where I'm going, and this is their first go at it. And they get guided trips out onto public land, and, and for some people that's the experience they're after. But how how uh, how hard is that on them when they're not seeing animals and they're not getting that, yes. that knowledge passed on? I suppose you're trying to create that different experience, aren't you? 
Yeah, so I mean, here with Stag Point, we we actually we do do the helicopter backcountry hunts, hunts and stuff as well. Mm. Um, so we're catering for the beginner right through to the experience. And for overseas clients or people that haven't seen or hunted deer before, it's um it's almost key because you're missing those stepping stones to get to that point. Right. Um, like I explained earlier, I was raised on it. It's just natural. I could go to a bush anywhere and find if there's wildlife there, I'll find it. Whereas you kind of learn that, you know, there's so many different elements with the wind, the rain, you know, um, where they might be at what time of year or what time of the day it is. That process I kind of try and help people along with uh, because that will up your chances dramatically. And you see that at Stag Point, I'll point it out with the different winds and where the deer are sitting and they're holding up, which you don't get to see elsewhere. And I suppose even I, I consider myself a, a moderately experienced hunter. By no means am I a beginner, uh, but I, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm, there's people that have forgotten more than I will ever know about hunting that I interview, you know, yeah. weekly. And even for me, that that actually sounds quite exciting. You know, to go out with someone that's experienced like yourself, and yeah. kind of have that pressure off. You know, where I can then observe, learn, take in. That to me sounds like a really interesting experience for me. It is, it is, and, and a big. I get a huge kick out of watching people shoot their first deer or experience it because everyone that comes is quite controlled, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And then when they get that success, <laughs> they're a completely different person every time. It happens every time. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, and that's why we hunt. Isn't it? You know, we love it. It's the thrill of it. Um, and it's not just the the shooting something; it's the atmosphere. It's been in the elements. It's the wildlife. It's um it's something that we we're, we're lucky to be able to pull all together in one place. Mm. So yeah, you make yeah, a really good point there. You know, every hunter and every hunter's every hunting book that you read or novel that you read, people talk about that first year, and you'll never forget yeah. it, and it changes you forever, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and and right. isn't it, it must be a privilege for you to be with people doing that all the time. Oh, it really is. It is. And, uh, you know, I do at least a hunt a week, most of them first-time hunters. So it gets me out of bed at four in the morning to <laughs> get ready. And, you know, it does keep the interest alive. Because um, as you can imagine, you're doing it week in, week out. But that's what I thrive on, that experience and being able to share that with other people that otherwise wouldn't get that advantage that you know like we've been speaking about so no it's awesome yeah and what about for someone like me i'm a moderate like i said i consider myself a moderately success well not successful but experienced hunter i've done a bit of it gee i host a show about hunting i've got to at least have some background in it gosh but um what what would be in it for someone like me And, and i'm sure a good number of our listeners are probably in that boat yeah i i would say it's more the interaction and getting that knowledge that otherwise you'd be guessing about. You don't need to guess here. You get to see it, and and it would probably help you understand a lot more, especially during the war of how they do behave. And and because we've got large numbers, it doesn't always make it easier. If you're targeting a a single deer, then, um, you know, the term is that they have Heinz's satellites and stuff like that. So sneaking on a specific animal is, is a big challenge but watching them, because of the way our block is set out, you you can be elevated. So I always teach people about vantage points and how to, you know, get the one up on deer because deer are always about vantages as well. Mm. So you get to see that and you'll be looking down in the open and you'll, yeah. 
Isn't it interesting though? Like I went out hunting a couple of weeks ago with Mark, and there's a show in the archive. If anyone hasn't heard it, it's well worth listening to. It was Mark and I out on a hunt and giving out those first first seeker roars of the season unsuccessfully, uh, but it was still a, a bit of audio of us in the bush and. A couple of the things he said just in passing, and Mark's, uh, you know, again, an experienced hunter, I picked up on, like, finding their level, and uh, for him, that's a big deal, and I took that on, and, and since then, been hunting and done that too. So it doesn't take a whole lot. I, I You know, for me, coming to, to you and learning, two or three points that sink in could be all it takes between, you know, me having a whole lot more fun in the future and struggling away. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's sort of... Um... It, well, not even just in hunting and anything. Sometimes mm. it just takes that person to show you those last few things and just to sort of, a lot of things you already know, um, but just to sort of reiterate and um, some things you're just going to have to experience on your own. But yeah, yeah I guess to do it in an environment where you can learn, it's um, yeah, it's, it's hard to get, get much better. Yeah. yeah, and for me, sometimes it's things I think I know. <laughs> uh, or yeah. I'm not sure that I, I think I know or I, I've heard that theory and I've always kind of how do I put it I was told it once and it's kind of stuck and maybe it's wrong um, That that's the yeah. sort of experience I'd like to have yeah exactly yeah and that, and the other thing is that's why we do the backcountry stuff as well mm. um, to cater for the, the wider range of hunters um, there, you know there's sort of a shadow over controlled blocks in New Zealand but it's sort of it's there for a reason there's a market for it and um, it gives guys a lot of chance to bring their kids along as well in a safer environment um, which again you don't get on public land now, um, and that's a I, huge thing I want to well. talk to you more about that safety but as you know we yeah. introduced the show we're talking about the, the, the tragic accident that happened and I actually don't want to call it an accident the, the, the tragic thing that happened in Stewart Island Right. What what you safety on, on stag point or safety when people are with you? You take that very very seriously, I know. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about what you implement? How do you, how do you see the the lay of the land when it comes to safety and firearms? Well, I mean, anyone that has a firearm a firearm license should know the basics, but it's what you do when you're on the hill that changes everything. Mm. And it, you know, it's a funny thing because all the women that have come and shot deer with me have been better shots and it's not a gender thing it's just that when it's time to execute the shot they seem to be a lot calmer whereas men build it up a lot more <laughs> yep they so do i think that's where things like that come into place it's a pride thing as well and get the guys adrenaline's running so high they're so amped that you've just got to remember to identify your target and so when i'm hunting on the hill it's not just about what am i identifying because a lot of the time in new zealand bush it will jump up in front of you, you don't have time to react you've got a split second to pull a shot but you have to be ready for that split second and that's why you're there so a lot of the guys that i get along uh when you're walking you know and you hit fresh sign you know something's there sometimes you can even smell it you've got to be aware in your mind that is it a deer is it a pig is it a person you've always got to have in the back of your mind is it a person and you know, because you know, I don't always have time to identify the target until it steps out. But you've always got to be aware that it might not be what you want it to be. And I guess that's what I try and help people to understand that you're not the only one there. And um, yeah, yeah. Th- that's a really tough, uh, tough thing to try and and get into people's psyche. And it sounds like something that'd be super, super basic. I was always taught that you look for people, look for people. 
Um, yeah. And then if you and then you know if that's what you're expecting, maybe you'll see a deer. You know, it's, if it's a deer, you'll see a deer. If it's a person, hopefully you'll see a person. I, exactly, I'm yeah. still not convinced that that New Zealanders do everything they can to try and stop these happening. Well, clearly they're not because it's still going on, isn't it? It is. It is. I think it comes down to, um, you know, perhaps it's not the new hunters. It's how we're teaching the younger guys or our kids how to hunt and spending that time. And I think the whole, you know, having to go out and kill, where if, if you take time with someone that's younger and teach them the country and, you know, like I spoke earlier about the different elements and become a part of it and be more aware, because patience is a big thing and that safety comes into that because the more patient you are, the more aware you are, the less likely you are to do something wrong. Um, whereas you get your hunts that might come out once a year. Um, not saying it's more likely to happen in that instance, but generally, you know, if someone's well aware of their environment, it should be less likely to happen. But how we teach our kids, that is sort of something we need to look at. Mm. But it does sometimes seem to be, uh, we'll, we'll get off this topic in just a moment, but it doesn't it seem to be often experienced hunters this is happening to? It does, and I suppose that comes down to complacency as well, doesn't it? You know, we should not. Um, and even in the workplace, it's more likely that it's the guys that have been there for a long time they get complacent that these accidents happen, so it's no different out in the bush, out in the bush or on the hill. Yeah, now we'll move on with that topic because it's we've it's going to be done to death in the next few weeks, and um, that's a, that was a bad pun, I suppose, but it's it really is a um, a thing that we have to talk about, but. You've, you get a lot of people through Stag Point. You must have a couple of good stories about guys that have come out and had that awesome time, you know, just, just walked away with uh, having a great time or, or the odd person that you've come and you've really struggled with. Can you tell us a couple of stories about people that you've had to guide uh, a, a bit through? Of, <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose guys that um, I've got one guy, Kerry, who's come quite a few times, um, awesome guy. And he, like you were saying earlier, he can hunt out in public land, but he likes to come along and enjoy the atmosphere. And just his enthusiasm for being on the hill, we've got this good friendship now. And, you know, he's shot a nice 12-pointer that he's getting mounted. It's people like that just love to be out and have the passion to be out that I really get a kick out of it mm-hmm. as well. Um, but equally, you do get your guys that are, uh, make your job a bit harder that perhaps don't go how they should. But, you know, I'm in full control when they're with me. Um, whether they're aware of that or not is another thing, but I do my best um, to give them their opportunity. But I have turned, I've only turned one guy away and just asked him to go and maybe do a bit more practice at the range and how to practice and things like that. How, um, how do you keep control of that? I, you know, I know a lot of guides that talk about being in control of their client. Um, yeah. How, that, that's got to be pretty tough stuff, Craig. It, it kind of is, but you've got to be. If you're if you're doing this and you're in this business, you have to be 100% on top of it. Otherwise, you you shouldn't really be doing it. Um, and it comes right down to your first conversation with the client. You sort of get a feeling of where they're at, what their competency level is. You ask a few questions, but again, they're a client, so you're friendly. Mm. Um, it's quite easy to pick up and get a feel of where they're at. And so, for a hunter that may be a bit skittish, you kind of on their shoulder and you hunt right on their shoulder. So if you have to, you carry the rifle, basically. It's as simple as that. Mm. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's a tough one, but you have to be in control. There's no buts or maybes. Yeah. 
I mean, even for me, I'm I'm teaching my my stepson currently to to hunt and taking him out as often as I can, and I find that not so I'm not so much nervous, but I find that I'm I think I'm even more careful when he's got the firearm. You know, I stay right on his shoulder. I, I make you do, sure, yeah. I really make sure that I explain everything to him, even from down to how to hold it when you're not, you know, when you're walking. I I, I almost over explain it, and I really hope his eyes aren't rolling. Uh, as I'm talking to him. They don't seem to be, but, you know, I think I probably overdo it. I suppose you're doing that daily when you're guiding. You re- yeah, you are. You are. Um, with the more experienced guys, that you, you just know and you can back off a bit. But otherwise, yeah, you're always on the shoulder. You always know what the rifle's doing. If I ever had to, the rifle would be out of their hands pretty quick. Um, but that's it's no different than having your kid with you. It's exactly the same. Yeah, and, and that's why it's <laughs> yeah. so good. It is a place where you can bring your kid along yeah. and do it for the first time in a controlled environment. It's you know, it's what we're about. Craig, you're you're a very very experienced hunter from from what I've heard. You must have a couple of good stories up in the hills, eh? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's got a few good ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I suppose even for myself, my biggest thing for me, you know, swallow a bit of pride here, but is um, I'll, I'll push myself a bit too hard at times, um, especially if I'm running dogs. I'll If they go a couple of K, I'll, I need to get there for them as well. Um, you know, they're my mates. So that's probably more the time when I'd, I'd be out um, and probably push a bit too far and have to try and find a bit of signal and call home and say I'm not coming out tonight. Yeah. Um, so plenty of that. Uh, my wife pulls the hair out a bit um but like my best days were back with my dad and my brother and shooting my first stag like you said earlier mm-hmm. um since stick with you forever um my circumstances for my first one was um you know i was 16 and i'd hunted with dad my whole life and he'd never given me the opportunity to shoot taught me everything but it just hadn't happened yet so i actually wagged school and thought i'd take his rifle out and um which is terrible for safety I mean, <laughs> my yeah. license so, you know, um, so I did it and I yeah, he had missed the week before my brother had missed the week before that both good stags so um I just it was just my time um so I went out grabbed the dogs and uh yeah went for a good walk and it was just before the roar and one just come charging straight down the bush at me and um you could just feel the wind come past my face as his antlers sort of barely missed and then sort of got gathered that composure to pull off a shot, and yeah, that was my first stag. So very nice, it was well worth remembering. Yeah, and unfortunately, you were wagging. We're not condoning that. <laughs> well, we're not, not at all. But not you know, the sake of hunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Craig, thank you for appearing on the show. If people want to find out more about Stag Point and what you do, what's the best way to find you? Uh, well, at the moment, we're actually only on um, Facebook, Stag Point on Facebook. Uh, we're starting a website. Um, we're in the process of doing that now and our branding and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, contact us through that or email us at stagpoint um, at gmail.co.nz.com. Um, so once the website's up, it will have a selection of trips that you can choose from um, and, and your budget to suit that, and we'll sort of accommodate you the best way we can or you know, just private message us and tell us what you want to do and we'll put you in. And I can say with some some certainty, if you get if you private message these guys at Stack Point, they do reply. You replied to me when I got in touch about an interview. And, Craig, I do yeah. hope to get down there soon, eh? Yeah, well, you might have to bring your son down and come for a shoot. I, I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, it could be a good show. Yeah, it, 
yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, no, I am. I'm genuinely looking forward to coming down, and I always like visiting Wellington. It's a, it's an awfully nice city. As cities go, I'm not big on, but I do like Wellington. And uh, let's do that. Let's get down there in the next few months, and I'll record a couple of shows while I'm there. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good, mate. Look forward to it. Kind of put you on the spot, really, didn't I? (laughs) You're more than welcome. Yeah. Cheers, Craig. Okay, no worries. That's us for another week, and thank you for tuning in once again. You guys are tuning in in such big numbers. It's almost overwhelming. Some 60,000-odd listeners at the moment, and we're loving every minute of it. And you can be rewarded for your loyalty. It's that simple. All you need to do is go onto our Facebook page, send us emails, be involved and be interactive with the show. And thanks to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine, you could win a 12-month subscription. Be that fan of the month on the top of our Facebook page. I know I mentioned every show, but it is a really cool prize. And even if you don't win, you do get a chance to interact with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And just before I forget... If you have iTunes, please subscribe to us through that. It just means the show downloads automatically. You can listen to it on demand when you like. Um, You just need to go into iTunes, search The Hunting Show, and it'll come up as that. You'll see our orange logo on there. We're also on iHeartRadio and Stitcher and Blog Talk and pretty much all of the um, podcast apps that are out there. Feel free to visit our website as well. We've got a gallery on there i've just had a had a moment we definitely have a gallery on there www.thehuntingshow.co.nz send us some photos most photos people send us we do put up on that gallery there's not a whole lot on there at the moment because we had to update it and yada yada with a new website thank you for listening behave and good hunting Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.